Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. And I'm Naomi. And we're two anxious counselors who like to talk about deeply disturbing things. Join us. So excited to be here today. In real life, IRL, the two of us together in one room. Yes. And if I get sick, it is your fault. You might thank me later. I doubt it. COVID be damned. <laughs> Long live natural immunity. That's oh. my new hashtag. I'm feeling almost better. I think I'm 95% you say today. Almost better, which means not quite well. Well, it's just this lingering, like upper respiratory garbage. garbage. In fact, I was listening like the last episode. I sound so stuffed up. So hopefully I sound a little better today. Um, I apologize for my nasal issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. One of the benefits of our normal podcast days is that we it doesn't matter what we look like. Right. Because we have this pretty meter up all the way right now. Just for it is our not own, helping. Just for our own self-esteem. And like, it's not doing it's us not. wonders. We got the pretty meter cranked up to 100. My eyeliner still smeared down my face. I look weirdly fix it for me. red-faced. And it usually you clears do. all that. It, per- it puts the I red was... intentionally like on my rosy cheeks. It's almost like putting apples. the red in your bangs too of the, the hair that no, It's putting it where I don't want it. Like on my chin and nose. nose? Ew. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wants that. And I look like a blank white piece of paper. You do. <laughs> Which isn't unusual. <laughs> and in every meeting, when light comes in my window, I become a glowing, like figurine. An angelic form. I have no pores in my face. I am just <laughs> sheet of paper, the purest of the pure. Oh, maybe on the outside. Oh, I'm ruined inside, but <laughs> destruction. <laughs> but I really tried hard. We should give a shout out to New Zealand, our second yes. biggest country of followers now. For Yeah, uh, for the month of January. Great job. Thanks, New Zealand. I love Flight of the Concords. Yeah, the, thank you. I love it. Because normally it's usually like Australia that hits up a number two spot or Canada. Be, let's not rile up the New Zealanders by bringing up Australia right now. Let's just let this happy moment lie. <laughs> Fair. Great job, New Zealand. We like having you. Um, if you if you like to um, follow us on Facebook, if you're a podcast listener, we do in have the a, group. I was getting I have there. To differentiate. Okay, we have a group podcast page on Facebook. Sorry. I'm excited to be here with you too. Call me so. And. If you want to join us on there, we do um, outings. We're going to do another outing this weekend. We did one last weekend that isn't on Podbean. So it's like an exclusive thing for those that really want to be, you know, up close and personal. So join us. And then you can send us like, if you have a topic idea, we actually just, the podcast we just posted. Yes. Mel's that was hole, a suggestion. Mel's was a suggestion. Hole. And it was a glorious hole to, to dive be, into. Wow. <laughs> That was great off the cuff. Well done. Today is going to be a great day. Cheers. No, it's great. I'm already. excited. Cheers. And you actually get a decent drink because you came so over excited. to my house. Maybe this is why I'm so happy right I hooked now. you up. Because my fridge just has old weird things in it. I know. The weird back of the fridge. <laughs> like, drinks. ooh, a Coors? I don't even buy Coors. Like, where did that even where come did from? Where did that come from? I know. I have a weird corner in the back of my fridge, too, of beverages <laughs> that nobody ever wants. Yeah, it's like somebody brought that at some point and it's just has just sat there. I can always rely on one of my son's friends, though. It's like, hey, you want one of these? And they always 
say yes because it's like free, you know. They're yeah. young twenties. Oh yeah, I, was that I way mean, too. I would they'd take be anything. excited for a paps. <laughs> I mean, I used to in my early twenties. I used to bounce checks to buy tequila, so I get it. I didn't do that, but <laughs> that's okay. Because you okay. could then. You could like bouncing bounce checks check. was yeah. easy then. Now nobody takes a check. Nobody even knows what a check is. I was is. about to say I can't tell you the last time. But I I think I still have like check that have been sent to me from like 10 years ago that I have not tapped there's into. like a couple bills that I still have to pay by check and that's why because they don't have like an electronic system but but you can go through your bank and have them send it that's how I, I like I, I don't want to do that I don't want to touch it yeah I, you know and that would save me a stamp I should probably look into that I'll thanks help, for the tip you. Macy that's what I'm here for Macy's not- financial advice <laughs> dot com don't take that I'm bad at math I'll just do I'll make it look good. I get to go first, right? <laughs> you do, and I'm excited for that because I get to relax <sighs> and drink this. So wine. it's not like a funny topic like Mel's hole. So I have to like tone down my energy right now. <laughs> no, you can still be energetic. So my topic starts, as many things do, on um Snoop Dogg's Instagram page, which I follow. <laughs> you weren't expecting that. No, I wasn't. I was surprised. So Snoop or Snoop's associate, I don't know who. Snoop Lion? Posts lots of stuff, like content all day, like funny stuff or um, not funny stuff. So this picture he posted. Can I look at your computer yeah, screen you or are you going to yell picture. at me? You can look at just the picture. Grassman. He posted this uh-huh. and it caught my eye. So do you want to describe what you're seeing? I'm seeing legs sticking out of a bush. L- naked legs. Okay, well, do I have to specify that legs are naked? Well, it's important or, for the whole. But would content. I say like a panted leg if they was pants? I know we're speaking from so a naked a, leg, a clothes centric societal perspective. There. Well, when I say legs, I assume naked legs. Okay, but what's the bush? You mean his butt? No, this <laughs> plant. As a bush. Oh my god! I will just explain it. So it's <laughs> she did not tell me how to answer this in advance of a person it's setting me up to fail being dragged away immersed in pot plants is what it is. Oh, I didn't even recognize that. Yeah. So sorry, dad. <laughs> it's what this is what this is. And I decided I was going to dive into this and see what is this? What is going on here? Because it intrigued me. Because it's not something you see every day, having somebody dragged away. Um, I mean, it looks in the picture like it's a marijuana person. It's like mm-hmm. the whole top part's bush, and then the bottom is legs. So this is King Coison. Oh. And I'm going to tell you about King Coison and the Bushmen of South Africa. Okay, do it. Get ready. I'm ready. Okay, now you can stop looking at my screen. So you don't I'm be backing a up. Goodness gracious. Actually, I could put my glasses on and then I can turn the font down from 100 to 70. Um, <laughs> so here's what's going on in this picture. This is just recent, just January 2022 in Pretoria, which is the administrative capital of South Africa. Mm-hmm. I learned so much of the Republic of South Africa. Okay which I didn't even know they had a Republic. I learned a lot. Yeah. I know. I don't know enough. Yeah. Um, 
So this is the leader of the Khoisan group who had been camping out at the Union building for three years. And so King Khoisan, as he goes by, was arrested for planting and selling daga, which they call marijuana, in the garden that they had planted there. So they were here in front of this building, which is an official building, because they were camping out in protest. Um, they'd been demanding a meeting with the president, Cyril Ramaphosa, to discuss issues about recognition of their, their people, land recognition, language recognition, and restoring their identity. So they set up camp there. They, um, so it was like a, a green space in front of this building. They planted mm -hmm. a garden, like they're established. And then at some point they started planting the daga there. So 70 gun wielding police officers showed up during this. I watched the video of it. Like it was overkill. And so um, the wife said, Queen Cynthia Trigart, the king tried by all means to prevent the police from taking out the plants, but four officers dragged him out of the garden to the Mandela statue naked as he was. So they're right by the Nelson Mandela statue in this um, area in front of the official building. And she said, we've been using daga for medicinal purposes for a very long time. And people come to us when they are, are sick every day. So she oh, went on to say, go ahead. When reviewing our recent podcasts, uh, we have been saying so a lot more. Remember how in like episode four? I know. I'll try not to say it. Episode four, we were like, no, you even called it out. It was you that was like, I say so a lot. Well, because I took that Toastmasters class. I know. And I say, um, a lot. <laughs> um, I asked you so. to throw something at me every time I said it. Well, that's why I. And it, you refused. You wanted I, me to manage myself. And look what that's turned into. A so fest. 133 episodes this is 134 is that right yeah okay and we have learned nothing we've learned nothing i mean all we've learned ev like everything and yet nothing our intro is still shit <laughs> but i care about we it don't know how to edit <laughs> sometimes i forget my name sometimes you forget your name how about this can i just like give you a light pinch on your arm when you do it just like a poke you want to poke a poke, yeah. Is shoulder, okay. do I have consent to poke your shoulder? Yes, you poke wherever. I don't care. I don't, I, I care. Or my shoulder. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. She said, I'm not going to say it the rest of the podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll see. I'm going to poke you. If I, I've never gone a whole episode Wait, without saying Can I it. Caesar Melanch you in the neck? Yeah. <laughs> like a dog? Yes. Okay, do you great. have an actual taser? No. that no. might really work. No, he just does the ch to like startle them and like pokes them in the neck because oh, okay. it like scares like uh, <laughs> when they're being aggressive all right do that because I, I am aggressive just caesar milan the shit out of you do it all right go ahead <laughs> naomi whisperer <laughs> you'd be the first to better than being the anything in that whisperer. area that's true <laughs> okay so the oh my god i fucking said it damn it <laughs> this is gonna be great keep going <laughs> Right off the bat, <laughs> I couldn't go one sentence. <sighs> I, I feel it, it. I feel it there. I'm sweaty all of a sudden. <laughs> His wife said they were very upset. It's good practice. Oh, I already said this part. 
uh, I am very cross. We've been here since November 2018, and Ramaphosa has never even taken a minute of his time to address or acknowledge our presence, yet they now have the nerve to bring in police to torment us. So point. Mm-hmm. Um, so King Khoisan clung to the plant as police dragged it across the presidential lawn and Pretoria before arresting him and three others. Mm. Police, you have declared war, he shouted. We have been here peacefully. We are coming for you, he warned. Then I had to, I almost said so, but I didn't. You used something else and I I made a better flow. Then I had to research who the Khoisan people were. Mm The Khoisan were formerly known as Bushmen or Hottentots, which is a derogatory term, Mm. which was coined to refer to them by Dutch settlers, so colonists, in the 17th century. And that term was reflecting the cliques that were characteristic of their language. Um, So that term is offensive and shouldn't be used. Oh, damn it. So... Oh my God, again. <laughs> we want to instead say Koi Koi, San, Khoisan, or use the names of the particular peoples instead. So I, oh my God. I use Hottentots. I'm going to have a bruise on that part of my neck by the end of this. You literally started this by saying, I'm not going to say it the whole time. I think we're up to like five. I know. I think I cursed myself. I just use that term just to provide Mm -hmm. education, but I will not use that anywhere. South Africans indigenous Khoisan community is thought to number only 100,000. So they are on the verge of extinction. The Khoisan is an umbrella term for non-Bantu speaking people, which is the main language spoken in the area. And the Khoisan were once the most populous people on earth. Wow. I had no idea. I know. They lived in the mountains harmoniously with I wish, nature. I feel like I could live in the mountains. Until the Dutch colonists throw your ass out. Mm. Bunch of bitches. They had a rich culture filled with art and music. Then the Dutch colonists came and they saw the Bushmen as animals. So, mm. oh my God, again. We've seen this over and over with colonists, um, settlers coming in, and they dehumanize the peoples that are already there, I think, because it helps it make it easier for them to, you know, kill and pillage and steal land. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do, too, with trying to convert people um, religiously as well. And it's easier if you kind of dehumanize them of like, well, you don't know what your, you know, your beliefs aren't uh, as important. Down with colonists. The Bushmen were once hunters and gatherers, but they were massacred and their land and wealth taken away. The colonists took their animals, their gold, their diamonds, the water from their nation. The Bushmen had to flee into the wild with the wild game, the lions. And this loss of land had a devastating impact on their way of life and sense of self as a people. 
it's largely been a mystery to outsiders how mm. the Bushmen could survive in the harsh desert conditions. Mm. And the secret is their close connection to nature. Mm. Next, I will get into secrets of Hudia. Have you heard of Hudia? No. Let me enlighten you. Okay. Hudia is a cactus that's been used by the Bushmen for thousands of years. And a few years back, well, maybe like early 2000s, it attracted the attention of pharmaceutical companies. This plant is the secret to how Bushmen could survive in the harsh conditions. Wow. So they would be able to <laughs> take long hunting treks into the desert. I can't make the noise with wine in my mouth. The hoodie provided water and suppressed the appetite. Oh, okay. The pharmaceutical companies became interested in using the plant as a weight control drug because say, there's yeah. so much money in, in weight, weight loss. loss pills. And anything that's like anything natural. weight loss. Yeah. yeah. Whether it's the new diet, whether it's the new exercise machine. The Bushmen wanted their intellectual property rights to be recognized. They were to receive a small percentage of the income, which would have been very beneficial because they lived in poverty and the yeah. money would increase independence. I mean, that makes sense. It can take... 50 years for a hoodie plant to reach maturity for one dose a person would need four or five stems mm -hmm. in addition to the plants being grown on the land of the council for scientific and industrial research which is the csir for the endeavor of marketing it the plants were being poached in the wild which of course that negatively impacts the indigenous, the indigenous populations who rely on them. Their secret knowledge and their life source is being mm -hmm. taken because they rely on that yeah. for their life, their way of life. Well, and if it takes so much of it to get like even just one dose and pharmaceutical mm -hmm. companies are going to try to get as much as they can, as cheap as they can, and it's going to mm -hmm. just ruin it. Yes. Ruin it like they do. Like they do's. In a 2003 benefit sharing agreement, 500 million euro was supposed to be shared across all the Khoisan peoples across three countries. Obviously, this is a fraction of what the drug companies would be making mm -hmm. off of this. However, the people were happy and satisfied that their wisdom was being recognized, that their strength as a people was being recognized. It's a lot of conflict and debate about who mm -hmm. signed that contract was yeah. like, how do you decide who's representative of all these different people? Yeah, yeah. When the CSIR began promoting Hoodia, the global market began to be flooded with products to help people with weight loss while providing increased energy. Seems like a miracle. And I remember mm -hmm. when these start, these mm -hmm. products started being marketed here. The promise was very popular here because we're the most overweight country in the world. This infringed on the Bushman's patent and threatened the plant's survival and the Bushman's survival. The Khoisan people relied on Hoodia as food throughout the winter. 
And for them, it's been a traditional medicine. It's been water. It's been their life source. Mm -hmm. The sacred knowledge was passed on for generations and created uh, from a connection with nature, a deep connection with nature and a drive towards survival. We have a topic link, by the way. Do we? Mm -hmm. I don't know how we do it, but dang, we always good. do it. Mm -hmm. There began to be infighting in the community about who told outsiders about Hoodia, who sold the rights to the plants. The company that CSIR licensed Hoodia to is an Anglo Dutch corporation, insult upon injury. Mm. Dutch, the original colonists. The company is called Unilever. This Stupid company name. does not have a good <laughs> reputation. I looked into it a little bit. Would you find? From et Ethical Consumer, they highlight several ethical issues with Unilever, including population, pollution and toxics, human rights violations, animal rights violations, Jeez. animal testing, wow, factory farming, which you covered. Yeah, sure did. Anti-social finance, which fits this situation, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. controversial technologies and political activities. And that was just a small portion. I was to say, geez, they really tried to cover the There was a whole gamut. bunch that I didn't include in this. Hmm. So listen to this. Some of their popular US products you may have heard of, Dove, is owned by them. Oh, those parent companies are so sneaky because I know because I know that that's a whole topic in itself. It is because Dove also owns Axe Body Spray, and they have very Axe is in this. Well, yes. because they're I, I knew that they were owned by the same parent company because I, the marketing schemes are so different. Like one has like the pro women's body, yeah, and yep, then the yep. other one is like women are drooling, chasing men with Axe Body Spray. So it's like. You know, you're just there's, marketing ploys, not even the mission no or values. Values, yeah. Values, people. There's no values. Must have values. Ben and Jerry's, I was shocked. What? Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream that I was yeah. associated with peace, love, and hippies. Yeah. I mean, they have a cherry Garcia flavor and a fish flavor. Not that I that's like gross. fish. I'm more of a Grateful Dead person. Yeah, yeah. But still, that's fish with a pH. Oh, okay. I, I did, I did not that know that. I did. And I was like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but I was riding with it. I was just going to let You're my... going along with it. Yeah, it's fine. Suave. Oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah. heard of Suave. Suave. Seventh suave generation. 99 cent bottles. Seventh generation, though. That is like supposed oh, to be one of those like all natural, natural, like recyclable tisk, tisk. toilet paper and eco-friendly. Again, it's all marketing. You have a parent company that's sweeping in the money and they just say, how do we get this? How many groups can we tap I'm into? I'm horrified though. I'm Briars, another ice cream ice company cream. that's marketed as natural. Mm -hmm. Lipton. Magnum. Condoms. 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 Magnum. Condoms. Condoms. Yes. And Axe. We're children. We are children. <laughs> A 2000, Sorry. a 2008 article <laughs> said, it's a good thing we're not being videoed right now because that was so stupid. What were we doing? I don't know. You're stupid. A 2008 article said Hoodia ended up being a bust. 
for Unilever. And that ended up. I mean, up, after how much money did they make, though? Well, the Khoisan didn't end up profiting. As far as I could see, I, 2008 was the very last reference I could find about this because I was like, well, what happened with the, yeah. the profit sharing agreement? What happened with that? Did the Khoisan people get the money? So that was the last thing I could find. A 2008 article said Hoodia ended up being a bust and dashed hopes for the Khoisan community mm. um, to profit. If somebody knows something past yeah, that, confused, please let like, me know. Like, why is it that? Because 2008 was like the big financial crisis time. Did you just pinky up your canned wine? Yeah, you did. I'm classy AF. <laughs> why are you yelling at me? I don't know. That made me feel passionate. Good. <laughs> we need to protect traditional knowledge mm-hmm. and ensure holders of the knowledge receive fair compensation when colonist companies come in and try to steal it why are you laughing i don't know because okay. right. this makes me angry and i have to laugh or cry okay i wanted to highlight in summary the current fight of the Khoisan. some twenty-two thousand years ago these were the largest groups of humans on earth today only about a hundred thousand Khoisan remain wow many of whom live in poverty their cultural traditions endangered. They're being their leader being dragged with his clutching a pot plant. I mean, Daga fully medicine. Grown. That was at least a couple pot plants. That was human height. Yeah, too. That's a, they, they, a healthy. They get big. It there. was very bushy. Bushy, which probably means it wasn't. Never mind. I don't need to share any secret knowledge. <laughs> We are seeing the end of their culture and their whole hunter-gatherer lifestyle, which is being re- replaced by herding and agriculture. Hurt, herding. Herding. Okay. And hurting. Okay. Interchangeable. An important part of Bushman culture that is being lost is the language. This is the click language mm-hmm. in which clicks are like consonants. Mm. And that is probably like even growing up, like, I've heard people make fun of that language, knowing absolutely nothing about it. I have not heard anything about that. Of the click language? No. Oh. Um, Linguists, so now I'm replacing so's with ums. Is that an improvement? No, it's not. No, that's. It's like you quit smoking and then um you start overeating. I'm probably going to say so a lot during mine now. (laughs) Linguists believe that the more clicks you have, the older the language is. And this language has five clicks, the most of any. Mm-hmm. So it could be the oldest language. Well, that's interesting. I love mm-hmm. learning about language and communication over time. It's pretty fascinating. Well, this language is endangered. Um, Topic. That's what they were out there protesting. Yeah. And their king got dragged off and arrested. There is also beautiful traditional music and singing that will be lost. The Khoisan people have incredible knowledge about animal behavior and about the environment where you and I might be out in the desert and just see thorns and dry wood and scrub brush. They can see things you can eat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you walk with a Bushman in the bush, 
they are constantly eating because they can always find something to nibble or chew on. And this knowledge is precious. We don't have any. I mean, mm -hmm. if I was dropped out in the woods. No, we'd start probably, we'd be like, okay, we learn, we're going to start nibbling and chewing on everything. And then we'd eat something poisonous and we'd die. I've been watching Yellow Jackets, right? The right. plane crash. Yeah, you've been talking about that. Well, there's a couple of <laughs> cheats in it. And one is that one of the girls, of course, mm -hmm. took this course and knew which plants you could eat and which you couldn't. Uh, I'm like, cheat. Cheating. You should have to learn by trial and error. I mean, then you die. Yeah. Okay. That's what trial and error is all about. Is it? There's risk. I mean, that's more like Darwinian theory, but. <laughs> but if we're out in the woods, you're likely not going to have a resident expert that happened to crash with you. That's true. You're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. You're going to have to die a few times before you get it right. You're going to have to eat a few <laughs> poison berries before you learn. I think that happened in that. What was the one where you like wandered into the wilderness and ended up in a bus and and then I into did? the wild? Into the wild was the movie. Oh, I never saw that. That's good. It all ended with some poison berries, I think. It always ends with some poison berries. Yeah. The bush is also their pharmacy. The herbs or the natural substances and the plants will help them with all kinds of ailments. And the elders have absolutely pristine hearing and clear vision. They're onto something. They have knowledge that is valuable. And they understand that your life depends on your hunting skills. So that is a valuable skill there. Um, and I would say valuable to be passed on to future generations, not mm -hmm. to be profited on by big pharma, big pharma down with big pharma. Another one of your past topics. I know. Look how they're everything. everywhere now. I know. We're starting an interweb of connectivity. 133 episodes times two. So that's what, 266? That was an easy math moment for me. That is a quarter of a million. <laughs> What? A quarter is of, it? A quarter of 10,000. Wait. A quarter of a thousand. What? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. <laughs> I was just going to say it was a lot. I always round up and add extra zeros. <laughs> On your checks too. Value added. <laughs> when they hunt, they use a very small bow and a very short arrow, which they make. And the tip of the arrow has a poison they produce from caterpillars deadly deadly poisonous caterpillars you say caterpillars caterpillars you say caterpillars what do you say it's a caterpillar it's a caterpillar it's not a caterpillar caterpillar no it is not caterpillar it's caterpillar caterpillar okay now i can't say it anymore because it's starting to make nonsense in my brain I'm looking it up. It's a freaking caterpillar. You can swear. It's our podcast. Um, cata. It's a caterpillar. Cat, you're right. Cat. I know I'm right because I am a friend of the caterpillars. Can't, I just, can you not say it like that though? <laughs> I get that I'm wrong, but I still I'm don't. not going to say caterpillar. Caterpillar. I am a friend of the caterpillar. I am a friend of the caterpillar. I'm going to say it like I said it probably in elementary school. Do it. I learned about the caterpillar. Do it. 
I, I'm like fine with that. There are so many words that I don't know how to pronounce because I only read them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then suddenly you have that moment where you have to say it out loud in front of people and you're like, <gasps> I hate when I like have read a whole book and I've got a name down a certain way in yes, my brain and like, then someone else and they're like, no, it's like Hermione. No, exactly. It's Hermione. That was, was going to be my example, too. Nobody can. Nobody knows that. No, I don't know any Hermione's in my life. Hermione. Is that even a real name? Was that made up? It's made up. Okay. I mean, I don't know. They make traps not with metal or rope, but with natural materials like branches and grass and leaves. Hmm. All this knowledge will be lost if the younger generation doesn't get a chance to live this lifestyle, and it might already be too late. Hmm. The Khoisan's culture includes the historical trauma and oppression of being overtaken by colonists being killed and run off land uh, massacred these people are the oldest human inhabitants of southern africa once known as kings Mm -hmm. now the culture includes talk of the green time the time before they were driven out of their lands Mm -hmm. and you know bring that full circle back to that image that was on snoop dogg's instagram which was probably like a ha 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 because you know snoop dogg likes the weed and it's a weed weedy thing yeah but this is an individual referring to himself as king of the khoisan people and he was trying to advocating yeah yeah, it was him protecting the rights of his people trying to yes protect not about getting high protect the culture protect all this and he got arrested and i don't know what'll happen i'll try to follow up and see what happens good maybe this exposure maybe our four listeners can help create some change out there in south We've africa got more than four listeners <laughs> there's so many it's ridiculous we went through them all and it's scary it's I just, scary how many is. people maybe i'm just trying to f- not focus on that as I don't want to get stage fright. You're minimizing it quite a bit, actually. No, I value each and every one of you, and I still would like to know who each and every one of you are, everything about you. I want a fun fact about you. I want to know why you listen to us. Which means you need to follow us on Facebook so we can gather your private information. <laughs> <laughs> That's a and scare creepy. you away. Um, no, no. We're <laughs> friendly people. The only reason I go on Facebook is for our damn podcast group. Yeah. And I honestly do nothing else on Facebook. And if you're like, oh, well, I don't like like super gross things. Like, I mean, we stick around. There'll be a topic you do like. Yeah. And I don't know what I was going to say. Okay. We have something for everything. Something for everyone. And everyone. Or everything. We have everything for everyone. Yes. (laughs) That's so good. All right. Are you ready? I'm so ready. My topic. I love going first. Okay. I'm going to situate myself. Okay. Okay. My word. You did much better the second half of not saying so as much, by the way. See, punishment may work. Will you you be my um guard? Yes. Okay. You have to, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not at a good angle to neck taser you. (laughs) No, but that was effective. <laughs> it was. So I don't care. Maybe just reach across. Just try. But I just like do this. Maybe don't just stab me in the eye. That's all I'm honestly scared. How about. about if I could do this? Like make a like hand dangerous. Well, I'm not eye. gonna look at you, so <laughs> probably not. I would try to go like this. 
Like a, no, that, that. What if I lean in and you stab my eye? Well, then you learn faster, don't you? Maybe. Okay. So <laughs> I am gonna talk today. Drum roll. Can you do drum roll? Is that a thing? Okay. Polar bears. Oh yes. Let's talk about MF and polar bears. Right. Okay. So I I'm. I'm truthful here. So I had a very stressful long day today and I was like, I don't want to get into anything with like, that's like super, I mean, this is dark, but I don't want like super dark. You got to do you Macy. So I leaned into polar bears because they're cute. And like, I, I feel like there could be hope and they're cute. Okay. Let's All hear right. what you've got to say about polar bears. All right. Let me hit you with some facts. Okay. 2013, their status got switched to vulnerable. Okay. Okay. Their population is around 22,000 to 31,000. Their scientific name is Ursus Martimus. Okay. Martimus. Guess how much, uh, how much one might weigh? Uh, I'm going to guess 800 pounds. For Wow. Spot on. Males are 800 to 1300 pounds. Nailed it. That's like a car. That's yeah. a car. And then females are 300 to 700 pounds. So they're a little bit lighter. Uh, they're about six to nine feet. Okay. Okay. So that's, that's taller, taller than, than, me. than me. And me. More you. More to way more taller than me than you. Yeah. Yeah. And um, okay. They live in the, so their habitats are the Arctic Ocean sea ice and adjacent coastal areas that's kind of their zone so to speak the zone of the polar bear the polar zone so it is the largest bear in the world and the arctic's top predator they're bigger than grizzlies yes oh they are a powerful symbol of strength and endurance of the arctic the polar bear's Latin name, Ursus Martimus, means sea bear. Oh. Right? Martimus means sea. Mm-hmm. Like maritime. <gasps> oh. <Aww>. Yes. <laughs> the connections. This apt name for this majestic species, because uh, it obviously is around the ocean. Like, it lives on sea ice. And in the United States, Alaska is the home to two polar bear subpopulations. So we even have some here um, in the U.S. I had to pause there because my wine said, is Alaska in the U.S.? And I was like, yes. Oh, I've my been. gosh. I know. I've I was been like, there. where? I was oh, like, yeah, been Alaska. There. Yes. Been there. Did that. Because I can't picture them just walking around our woods. That nope, would be nope, nope, weird nope. at best. So they're super good swimmers. They can sustain a pace of six miles per hour by paddling with their front paws and holding their hind legs flat like a rudder. Damn, that's fast. Yeah, it's faster than I can swim. They have a thick layer of body fat and a water repellent coat that insulates them from cold air and water. So super well insulated. Polar bears spend about 50% of their time hunting for food. So it's like half of their life, of their waking life, is looking for food. A polar bear might catch only one or two out of the 10 seals it hunts, uh, depending on the time of year. And their diet mainly consists of ringed and bearded seals because they need large amounts of fat to survive. Mm. So I have to say that um, I think seals get a bad rap in Disney movies. What do you mean? Because they're always eating penguins. Are they? It's a side note. 
What does I? They're always angry. At, like if you see Happy Feet. I don't think I ever saw that. Um, <laughs> it was a random tangent, but they're always made to look really vicious. And I always they, thought they were because they look so cute. No, because they jump out of the water and like pull seals? up, pull the penguins off. Do you not? I already went over otters. Don't make me go over seals too, and how they eat all the penguins. I've never seen this negative portrayal. It's not negative; it's nature. I've never seen it. <laughs> this isn't a TikTok <laughs> me like dissing on the seal. I've only seen the positive portrayals with the big eyes and the innocence. Well, they're stinking cute until they're eating an even cuter <laughs> penguin. So I just wanted to say, like, they also have, I mean, this works less when you see them as adorable, but they also get eaten by things there. Okay. The circle of life, yo. The circle of life. I've been watching a lot of Disney movies lately. Apparently. I watched Lion King. Did you I get watched Disney Plus? Alice in Wonderland. Yes. Is that where this is I watched coming Alice from? in Wonderland two days ago. <laughs> Man, was he high when he made that uh, Lewis Carroll. Remember our Lewis Carroll topic? Yeah. yeah. The closeted possible closeted pedo yeah it's always good to say possible um okay ah punish what? me i said it i said um punish me oh i didn't hear you Urgh. oh god that's scary <laughs> the uh did it <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a pointing and a uh. Uh, and a grunt uh okay so polar bears i'm allowed to say so you're not Okay. Polar bears rely on. What if we switch though, and then I, I like become it. the um person, you become the so person. Yeah, it's so stressful. <laughs> it's so. Stressful. I've already drank almost my whole can of wine too. My filter is low. Polar bears rely heavily on sea ice for traveling, uh, for hunting, resting, mating, and for their maternal dens. So it's really important. But because of a lot of uh, loss to their sea ice habitats from climate change the primary threat to polar bears arctic wide polar bears <laughs> let me try that again <clears throat> there's been a lot of loss of ice that's impacting their habitat they were listed as a threatened species in the u.s and under the endangered species act in may of 2008 as their sea ice habitat receded earlier in spring and forms uh, later in fall polar bears are increasingly spending longer periods on land where they're often attracted to areas where humans live, which creates a different, bigger mm. problem, or maybe not bigger, a different problem. Or a solution. <laughs> Are you saying they're going to eat the people instead of the seals? Well, that's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. I saw your mind go to that dark place. Uh, <laughs> I'm solution focused. That's great. I'm not. The survival and the protection of the polar bear habitat is really urgent. And um, I just want to say the um, uh, the uh, WWF. World is, Wildlife Federation. I used to be a member when I was a kid. Yes, me too. I was a card carrying um, member. They're like super into preservation. There's lots of things you can do to try to help. If you're interested, go to their website, uh, which is worldwildlife.org. I mean, they're not a sponsor, but maybe they should. Is be. it www.www? <laughs> wait, did I, oh. <laughs> no, it's actually just worldwildlife.org. Oh. Nice try. <laughs> All right, here we go. 
the survival and protection of the polar bear habit. Don't look at, look I, at all you. I'm looking at is your keys. Why? I don't know. You want me to turn on the lights for you? Yes, there thank you. you. The survival, I want to feel like I'm in a rave. The survival and protection of the polar bear is really urgent. And in October of 2019, so this is just a couple of years ago, the International Union for the Conservation of Nature Polar Bear Specialist Group released a new assessment of polar bear populations showing that the numbers of polar bear subpopulations experiencing recent declines uh, has increased to four with eight populations still being data deficient. So that's actually good news. We've had some increase in some subpopulations, which is is good because it has been on a very big downward trend and having any bit of an upward tick is helpful. Okay, you want a fun fact? I love fun facts. Okay. I need to ask a question first. Oh. What is KPH? Is that kilometers per hour? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna give this to you in kilometers per hour because I can't do okay. can you do the can you do the switch? I mean, no. I mean 40 I just, KPHs. I'm gonna say that's 20 guesstimate yeah. miles per hour. We never claim to be experts. Okay. The pole that's the polar bear's top speed. This is how being raised in America melts your is brain. a deficit. Absolutely. I mean, on our speedo, we have the kilometers, but it's like the little numbers. Oh, I you never even read, look at them. No, no. They have 42 razor sharp teeth with jagged back teeth and canines that are larger than grizzly bears teeth. Yeah, big teeth. I but, may not need to change my fear to polar bears from grizzlies. Well, and that's what kind of I've seen is like, if you encounter a, a polar bear in the Arctic that, that looks like it's hungry, like starving, it will hunt you. You're done. Yeah. It's not even like, oh, territory. I mean, it could be, but most of the time, again, they spend half their time hunting. They're effing hungry and they're going to eat you. And you look like a tasty morsel. Yeah. I mean, I don't seals. You, your, your butt's as big as a seal. Big ass seal. Yeah, right? Okay. Did you know that they have three eyelids? No. What do they use three eyelids for? Good question. The third eyelid helps protect the bear's eyes from the elements. So it's one of those inward, almost like where it goes like this. To protect it from I need one of those. And a third eyelid? I, I only have one. I feel held back right now. I'd like at least two. Do you want to hear? So remember Sammy dog, my old grandma dog that passed away. I had a childhood song for her because I thought she was weird. Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Let me see if I can remember. Okay. She's got yellow eyes and eyelids that blink like this and little fork tongue. There you go. (laughs) Flashback. All right. They also have 37. Her eyes blink like that. No, because she had she did have yellow eyes, so I thought she was an alien. <laughs> was it just like some kind of eye disease, or did she actually have? No, yellow she just eyes? had yellow pigmented eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. pigmented, not pigmented. Clarify. Thank you. You're welcome. A uh, thirty centimeter wide paws—that's the size of a dinner plate. Thank you for saying that because I don't know the conversion. To like smack you in the face with a dinner plate. No, centimeters (laughs) to inches. I don't know the conversion. Here's a good way to think of this. So if you were to put on, um, what would be a spike this big? What do you mean? What would be a spike that big? Okay, fine. A a spike this big. 
What would it be? Three, in, I don't know. Four inches looks like. Four inches on dinner plates. Yeah, that sounds Slaps great. in your face. I love it. Great. Okay. It reminds me weirdly, I just had a flash of when I went to Rosar's tonight and <laughs> they had like the crabs. Rosar's is always an adventure. No, my Rosar's especially. Oh, I know. Every time I go, there's somebody who's being chased it's out. It's in the hood. It is. No, there's always something. But I walked by like the seafood thing and I've never seen crabs displayed like this. The person, <laughs> and I'm sure this was like, you know, you're bored at work, but had them displayed in a way where it looked like the crabs were coming out like Freddy Krueger's claws. <laughs> like you couldn't even see the crab body. Uh-huh. It was just one side of the claws coming out like a Freddy Krueger situation. I know. And I That's... almost said something, but I was in a hurry. You so should have bought the crab. That's like worth it. I Or you tip them. No, I was just walking by to another section. But it did say hello, and I said hello, and then I noticed that, and I I thought about commenting, and I'm like, all bets are off, and they talk I have to, to me, hurry. and then I have to just look away, and then I was in a hurry, I didn't do shovel it. Shovel off, um, <laughs> shovel. I'm gonna shovel off. <laughs> I don't walk away. I shovel off. Sounds like a Yiddish word. Uh, I made it up. Oh, I think I'm drunk already. It's a bad sign. I can say that because I'm Jewish, people. Just in case we have new listeners. They don't oh, know. that's okay. Everyone likes being yelled at. Well, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm not Jewish, but I kind of wish I were. Everybody does. It just Once looks, you know, you know. It just looks really fun from the it, outside. It is really fun from the inside. I mean, I wish I could get in there, but I, like you said, my insides are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that in relation to that. You're making me sound like I'm, I don't know what. <laughs> a bad person. Did you know they have black skin? Polar bears. No. Not- the only thing I know about polar bears is that their fur is clear. Their fur is white. Clear. Oh. That's what I've always heard. Their fur is clear. Okay. You're probably thinking like translucent. Okay, but if you if you just take that concept of translucent on black skin, that doesn't work. No, it doesn't. So there's a layer in between, probably. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it's like I didn't come across anything you're talking about. Three eyelids. Maybe you have three layers of skin. I just found black skin under the white. So, but that may surprise. Like if you shaved a polar bear, it would be black. Well, but I. The clear fur. Oh, just kidding. It's transparent fur. Oh my God. That's what I just said. I know. (laughs) You're confusing me. (laughs) And they have a blue tongue. Do they? Like those chow chow chows? Chow chows? Chow chows? Those things are mean. They're cute though. They can be mean. They're so cute. I've never met a nice one. I've never met a nice one either, but they're super cute. (laughs) Yeah. They're so big and they have that cute little face. Yeah. Little nose. That like I'll fuck you up face. Uh, Yeah. I like the proportions of their facial features. They're proportional to their fur. My dad's trying to get me to take this little. I think their tongues are purple. Dog. Are they purple? I think so. I'm right. almost ready. In two years, I'm going to be ready for a do you, dog. Do you want to look at the, the polar bear and baby? The polar bear cubs are so cute. And I'm so sad that they're kind of like used as the Coca-Cola thing. Like that's the only time I ever see polar bears like, ow, used. Ow. Sorry, I hurt myself. They're cute, but 
actually now that I've been hearing you talk, they actually look dangerous. If they're <laughs> now that you see the the picture, yeah, it's of not the so dinner cute. dinner plate paws. Well, and, and their teeth. I'm like, oh damn. And their starving nature. Yeah, like it's actually not as cute as I probably would have thought an so hour ago. Talk a little bit about the importance of polar bears. Me or you? Well, I was going to. <laughs> okay. I mean, unless you feel no, like you have no, the content no, knowledge. No, you go ahead. I thought you were like telling me. No, I did make a lot of eye contact. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> Again, I've been drinking really shitty stuff at our previous. I'm this is I'm the good stuff. I'm not even I'm not even done with this. This is the good is stuff. Crazy. 14 hands hot to trot in a can is dope AF. Importance of polar bears. Polar That's bears. Fair. You interrupt. <laughs> looking at <laughs> i'm just looking at your keys i'm mesmerized for some reason do you want me to make them brighter because i can yeah <laughs> now they're off okay just kidding there you go no thank you polar bears are at the top of the food chain okay. and have important roles in the overall health of the marine environment over a thousand of years <laughs> over over thousands of years polar bears have also been an important part of different cultures and economies of arctic peoples too so they've been a very important. Oh, are we going to talk about the indigenous peoples? Is that the link between us? Well, not fully going there, but okay. there is part of it is we'll get there. Okay. The loss of sea ice habitat from climate change is the biggest threat to survival of polar bears. Other concerns for polar bears include lethal response to human polar bear conflict. So that's again like they're going into more civilized areas. Maybe not more civilized. <laughs> more people. More, po more populated areas. Um, there's also issues with toxic pollution in the environment. And there's direct impact from industrial development, such as disturbances of maternal dens or contact with an oil spill oh. and potential overhunting of some subpopulations. I hate you, Exxon Valdez. Yeah. All right. Your choice. Do you want to go climate change first or human conflict? Uh, human conflict. So as the Arctic sea ice thins. Human conflict for 500. And retreats. <laughs> increasing numbers of polar bears are spending longer periods of, of, sorry, longer periods in the summer open water season along the Arctic coastlines. So here their powerful sense of smell attracts them to human communities, garbage, stored food, mm. food dog teams and animal carcasses bringing them into greater conflict with arctic people Ooh, it's a dog team like a snack yeah on a stick like i'm saying on a like string. again if you're out there it's not they don't view you as any greater than they're gonna eat you they're they gonna eat your dog they're gonna eat your cat here's the thing polar bears apparently don't realize that they're put on such a, a marketing pedestal no, like, do they get money from Coca-Cola? No. Does that go? I mean, wait, actually, I don't know if that's actually true. Does Coca-Cola donate money? They should. I need to look into this. Let's look into this. I will, because I feel like they should. If they, they don't, should. I'm writing a letter. A strongly worded or letter. Or else that's just like Unilever taking advantage of the Bushmen. Yes. As a powerful predator, polar bears pose a major risk to human life and property. So throughout the polar bears range, attacks on humans and property continue to rise. In recent years, there's been more than 20 direct attacks on humans and have been reported within the polar bears range. So basically, as the ice melts, they are spending more time in summer months 
and then their smell makes them go into human populations. Okay, climate change. Climate change in the Arctic is heating up twice as fast as anywhere else on the planet. It's shrinking the Arctic sea ice covered by 14% per decade. Compared to the median sea ice covered recorded between 1981 and 2010, we've lost about 770,000 square miles. That's an area larger than Alaska and California combined. So I hate when people say that, oh, that's not true. Like I literally, I took a cruise when I turned 21 to Alaska and the glacier that I saw isn't, it's like completely receded. It's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. Yeah. And it's really sad. Did you see those cool blue ones? I mean, a lot of them are blue. What do you mean? I didn't know a lot of them are blue. I won't step foot on a cruise. Why? It was pre-COVID, to be clear. No, it just it seems like 21. a lot of cesspool of It was honestly, GI issues. there was a lot of old people. I just don't on this cruise. I don't want to be trapped on a boat unless and I have to be. I was told by some I was standing out looking out at everything and this old gentleman comes up to me and he's like, "Oh, why are you here?" and I was like, "Oh, it's my 21st birthday. My aunt brought me here and I'm really loving it." And he goes, "You're too young to be able to fully enjoy this." Is what he told me. No, I and see I agree. that. I, I agree. see that. Um <laughs> I am not a cruise person. I've never been on one. I have no desire to be on one. However, I have considered that as an option to flying because I yeah. have You're flying also barriers. Terrified. But I have to say, like, the way we did it was great because, first of all, like, going to Alaska is beautiful. And we got a balcony room. So I could literally just, like, sit outside and watch glaciers and mountain goats and whales and it was so cool. Like the, but you have to get the balcony room that way you're in between time. Like no one's around you. No, I would have to have a balcony room just because I would need an escape route in case I needed to jump into the (laughs) sea. I'm still going to get you on a plane. All right. We'll see. So the reasons why this is a problem for polar bears, one, they get fewer opportunities to feed. So polar bears rely on sea ice to hunt seals to rest swimming is tiring i've swam and i hate it most you of the need time your ice raft yeah and to breed i mean breeding in water is hard and <laughs> and to store their energy for summer and autumn when food is scarce sea ice now melts earlier in the spring and forms later in the autumn in the bear's southern range like Hudson Bay, James Bay in Canada. And as the bear spends longer periods without food, their health declines. For every week earlier that the ice breaks up in the Hudson Bay, bears come ashore roughly 22 pounds lighter and in poorer condition. Nobody wants to see a skinny bear. No, they're going to eat you. In the U.S., polar bears have experienced significant changes to seasonal variability and availability of their habitat. For example, polar bears in southern Beaufort Sea have recently experienced about Beaufort. (laughs) Thank you for that. That's not real. No, it is though. Oh. Or Beaufort? Beaufort? I don't know. I don't know. You made me question it. I said it confidently. I know you did. I thought you were doing a no, it sounded funny. I know it sounded funny to me. Like we said earlier, we're children. 
what was I even? I was trying to make a point. Sorry, go go forth with your point. For example, polar bears in the southern Beaufort Sea have recently experienced about twice as many reduced ice days over over the continental shelf waters than polar bears in the Chukchi and Bering Seas nearby. As a result, the polar bears studied in the Chukchi and Bering Seas were larger, better conditioned, and had higher reproduction rates. Uh, They had more access to food, and they didn't have to fast for as long during the spring when then living in the Beaufort Sea. So bears, oh, I said so. Darn it. Bears, Ooh. it's not mine, but I, I don't want to replace. Finger. Okay. It's her pointer finger to be clear. Bears <laughs> must move longer distances to stay with the rapidly receding ice. So their range gets wider. They start to come ashore when ice melts and rely on fat stores until the ice refreezes so they can go back out to hunt again. Traditional prey species may be less accessible in a new sea ice environment, and seals that use the ice are predicted to fare poorly in the warming Arctic region. So it's affecting the whole web of life. The whole circle. Circle of life. I freaking love Lion King. Do you love Hakuna Matata? That's like actually Matata. That's actually on my playlist. I love that song. It means no word. So uh, when I teach class, I often play Disney classics. If they if they choose to come to class ten minutes early, they listen to my Disney classics. Sweet. Yeah. And they some do some like it. All right. They have fewer cubs. Some polar bears may suffer from malnutrition, which has them produce fewer cubs because they're unhealthy. It lowers the reproduction rates, obviously bad. And it gets lack, lack of food for nursing moms too. So then the cubs become malnutritioned. So those freaking cute polar bears in the Coca-Cola commercials should be starving little polar bears. And maybe somebody would donate money or stop polluting excessively into the ocean and air. People industrial impacts. In the Arctic, most industrial development has been on relatively small pieces of land. A summer sea ice re- as summer sea ice retreats, a new ocean is starting to come out of that. It allows more opportunities for industrial development at sea and larger parcels of land, which the WWF is fighting against. The WWF. I know, isn't it fun to say? It makes me think, think of wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, it does. Yeah, which was also a topic. They can't have the same acronym. <laughs> they do. But they can't. But they do. <laughs> I want to put a stop to it. So you could see that it's like, okay, it makes unfortunate sense why a lot of these companies want to say that it's not real. I want to see Polar Bear on like company action. Let's let's get that in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's unrelated and a good point. <laughs> So these people are making money already off of what's causing the uh, ice to recede, and they then benefit from the additional land that becomes available to them. So they literally have nothing to gain from protecting the wildlife in the region. You always have to look for shame. You always have to follow the money, right? Isn't that what somebody Stupid. says? So somebody says that. I'm sure but somebody it's true. says. And it's true that that somebody said that. 
Okay. Offshore petroleum installations and operations in the Arctic are expected to increase. I mean, obviously it just gets more. This expansion would likely affect polar bear habitats in ways including reducing the insulation of polar bear fur from spilled oil, bad, poisoning from ingesting oil and eating contaminated prey, circle of life, motherfuckers. I can say that as our podcast, Freedom of Speech. <laughs> disturbance to their natural environment and just like to their like vibe like you're disturbing a natural process when you have people around and machinery yes destruction of habitat impacts on the entire food webs and oil spreading to outside of the arctic even causing damage even farther Arctic shipping uh, does actually cause a lot of risk for polar bears. Uh, Traffic by barges, oil tankers, cargo ships, and Arctic waters has increased and increases oil spills as well, impacting polar bears. I'm going to show you another polar bear picture. Tell me, cute or deadly? What's your feeling? Um, They look a little skinnier. This picture, yeah, that, that one does look skinnier. It has a cub. So he is probably nursing. So mama's not as they like, look fulfilled. desperate and hungry. Yes. So it's activating my feels. Your feels. So I want to activate your feels specifically because people can help. One of the main ways is reducing conflict. So as climate change forces polar bears to spend longer times on shore, they come into contact with more communities. What we really need to do is find ways to support still food storage containers so local people can store their food outside but protect it from bears and and electric fences to separate bears from dog teams. Mm. So basically, like we don't need to have these conflicts happening. We can find ways to build infrastructure to help support the separation of because what happens is the bear comes through kills dog teams or maybe hurt somebody and then they kill the bear and this is why i can't go camping because every sound is a bear every sound's a bear absolutely and they would like to support the wwf wants to support bear patrols <laughs> to deter bears so basically what they, they go out to do and try to use different methods to keep bears from going into like the being region. loud and stuff i mean as long as they don't sound like food probably like walking around banging a pot is that what we're talking about maybe um maybe things like that and they want to increase research they want to advocate for government recognition and mitigate the effects of climate change on polar bears and they have been successful in pushing for a statement by countries with polar bear populations to formally recognize the urgent need for effective global response so the places where they do live they now have formal responses for which is good and progress they want to monitor populations through polar bear tagging so we can track to see how they're doing and knowledge comes from many places in the arctic they speak of the work as being knowledge-based rather than science-based and this is because indigenous peoples of the arctic have a store of of um ecological knowledge based on their own observations of the environment and on the information handed down over generations so this is kind of where i saw that connection of Mm, science is one part of it but we also need to be listening to the indigenous populations about their connections with the animals yes and the connection with nature that we've lost 
Yes, absolutely. Like lost. we said, if we we're dropped in nature, we like a lot of the us outdoor stray cats would eat me by now. A lot 100%. of us would be dead immediately off the bat first day. So the WWF does encourage the use of traditional ecological knowledge to inform management policies in the Arctic, and they want to try to get information from these other sources and not just keep it like science is important, but we also need to hear from the indigenous people who have have and had been living in harmony with the environment for a much longer period than we are now. So maybe that's valuable information for us to listen to. Absolutely it is. So the last thing I want to say is that the Bering Strait, do you know where the Bering Strait is? I don't know where it is, but I've heard of it. It's a 58 mile wide portion in the Arctic. It's the most biologically productive environment um, in that region. And the decline in that area has actually increased shipping because there's less ice. So more shipping. So it's actually very devastating to the habitat there to have this increased shipping through the Bering Strait. So it's not so much of a strait anymore as an open. Yeah, yeah. So they, yes. I skipped that class in high school. So I sadly don't know a lot about geography. That's okay. It was and right after I only, lunch. I only know about this because my sister's in the Navy now. So I know she'll say like, oh, we went through here. And then I go and I look it up. <laughs> so, oh, okay. And I just want to say, I was actually, it's interesting to find the different ways that they're advocating. So one of the things that they're doing is trying to help the maritime vessels stay clear of um, ecologically fragile places. They're providing sensitivity maps for areas of the Arctic to help provide people who are traveling through there, like these different codes and, and warning systems of here's areas to be cautious of, to try to reduce harm to the ecosystem. Is it creating an impact? Well, it's been more recent that that's been happening. Okay. So yeah. we don't know yet if these intentions if, are. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's better than out. nothing. Cause maybe, I mean, maybe somebody cares. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> So in, in the future, by 2040, scientists predict that only a fringe of ice will remain in the Northeast Canada and Northern Greenland. A fringe? A fringe. When all other large areas of summer ice are gone, this, what they quote call last ice area is likely to become important for polar bears and other life that depends on ice. It is their habitat. And they're all going to be in this one last ice area. So that's by 2040. That's That's too soon. But we have time, I think, to make some changes. But it's not on the individuals. I mean, it's on big corporations is causing the main impact. I think individuals take too much, uh, like, responsibility on, like, Mm -hmm. pressure and feel guilt when really... What There's we do huge entities. Yeah, it's the big entities big that need to make, make a change. And so global polar bear numbers, even with the, the couple increases we've had recently that are like great, they're still projected overall to decline by 30% by 2050. So it can we make fake ice and just like dump it in mass quantities? I mean, we do it for snowboarding, so like on a mass scale that'd be rad if we could do that i mean it's really hard because it's like everything from the seals underneath to the i mean yeah 
you it's going to be a, a big project. And I think it has so much to do with, like you said, there's so many systems involved. Yeah, that it's not a simple thing or it'd be solved already. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, our podcast isn't made to solve the problems, it's to build awareness and insight into, into them. It is. Maybe that's what it was for. I don't think it was actually, but I feel bad for polar bears. You did build some awareness and insight, I think. Thank you. Awareness. You now it's up to people to build the insight. Dinner plate pause. Well, I'm going to Portland at the end of March. There's no polar bears there. I no, checked. there is. We're what? going to the zoo. Oh, okay. <laughs> there are polar bears there. We've seen them many times. Mm-hmm. And they're really trying to build like the super coolest polar bear habitat. They've been working on it for years and years. Um, last time we were there last year, it wasn't done yet. So, I mean, I've, I have mixed, oh, damn, I just got tasered again in the neck. <laughs> I've mixed feelings on zoos, but overall I'm for them because I do think creating a love of animals does help in the big picture that animals are a real thing. And so yeah. that could create that activism that's needed. And I think sometimes too people forget that a lot of a lot of animals were either bred in captivity, can't go out in the wild, or were injured. You know, there's mm-hmm. often reasons why they're in there. Trust me, zoos could be a whole nother topic because there, could, yes. there are portions that are not. I mean, we talked about uh what's his face? Who? Tiger King. <laughs> yes, Joe Exotic. <laughs> Joe Exotic. So like I I agree. I think it helps build aware and like just building a love in kids for animals. Like you, do you it's remember? not going to develop by looking at pictures in a book yeah. or a video. You have to see that do animal. Being and make a kid? That do you remember being a kid going to the zoo? No, I still feel the exact same way. Yeah. There's no difference. <laughs> I still will like sob, like looking at the chimpanzees or the orangutans, like those, like the primates, especially. But I, I believe Portland Zoo tries to be very rhinos. responsible. There's some good ones. Um, I've been to some actually in like Washington, Oregon. I've been to Colorado and California. I've some been to San zoos. Diego Zoo. Yeah. Oakland. I mean, I was raised with Oakland Zoo and San Francisco mm-hmm. Zoo. I was there like every day. Yeah. Um, I've been to Seattle and Portland quite a bit with the kids. So I... I know that people like don't want animals to be in cact- captivity at all. Like I understand and I get, that. I get that. But some animals are would die otherwise, mm-hmm. right? Like they're rescues. Yes. I so or we're trying to and I think that's the line you're talking about. Is yeah. we're, we're not talking about people who are breeding animals for captivity. That's right. a different yeah. bucket altogether. We're talking about conservation of conservation, animals yes, and absolutely. education of communities and yeah. our future generations of connection with animals. Yes. Bam. Bam. Kick that's it. it. I feel like we should just stop. Now. All right, let's stop. We're staring into the camera. That doesn't matter. I know. Until next time, freaking Coison. Hashtag. Hashtag. And be. <laughs> be what? Be what? Like Buford? 
No, I need a moment. I feel like I've done so bad on these and then I psych myself out. So I'm like, I have a good one. And then it melts. No, it's hard to be on the uh, on the spot. Especially after doing the topic last because my brain is just on my topic and not on the wider concept. So <sighs> what's your wider concept? What do you want the people to, to grasp <sighs> from this? Okay, until next time, be willing to learn from other generations who have already ate the poison berries. That means don't ban the books, MFers. 